Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, BA fam, Mandy here. Or Mandra. You can call me Mandra. That's fine. I have a simple request for you guys. We get so many questions on how you can support the show. And there's really a very, very simple thing that we need you guys to do. Open up this app, open up wherever you're listening to this podcast right now and subscribe if you have the ability, especially those of you who are on iTunes. We're really making a push to get the show more visible. You've seen that we've partnered with a fabulous new network called Westwood One, but we also need the support of our listeners. So if you are a listener, a loyal listener, please subscribe. And if you haven't yet, take a few seconds and leave a five-star review. And even a written review would be the icing on the cake, but at least subscribe, leave us a five-star review and continue to support the show. This is so, so crucial. It is basically how we tell the internet that our podcast is worth promoting and featuring and getting charted. And we deserve to be at the top of the charts, just like any other show out there. We can't do it without your support. So thank you very, very much. Subscribe, like, and review the show. And we thank you so much. Hey, Mandra. Rock and roll today. I am not mad at that. Hey, Mandra, did you get your did you did you drink tea last night? Do you know what <laughs> I? I had more tea than I can take. I oh, have. <laughs> you know I've what? been sipping on that. It's the it's the Meghan Markle brand oh, of tea. I love Meghan Markle. I like the dark blend. If you ask me. Meanwhile, my accent is the worst. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. So full caveat, I did not get a chance to watch all of it because I mean I didn't I didn't know it was gonna be so juicy. Really? I, mean, I saw I thought Girl. they were gonna do an interview and I was kinda like, eh, okay, so what? And then I, I saw afterward that everybody was going crazy and I had to wait till today and I, I just started watching it today. So you're gonna have to like, you know, really fill me with like the main stuff. But the things that I did see, I was like, oh no, say so. I love that you assume that I did watch the entire thing, which is true. <laughs> I had that shit DVR'd. Like I actually, we never use our cable, but I'm like, give me that remote. I couldn't even find the regular TV remote. I was like tearing apart the living room looking for it. <laughs> And I was like, how do you record something? Quick, quick, quick. And I, and, and I was so afraid because the mom brain is so intense that I even had to send, I did an additional Apple like reminder, remind me at six <laughs> at 7.55 that the Meghan Markle and Oprah specials on. Wow. And when the alert came up, it said the opera special. So that's oh how you know. <laughs> but I was like, what? Oh, yes. Let's go. Let's go. She's like, great opera. What do I care? Yes. Yes. I sat down and watched two hours with commercials. And you know what? If you're watching it live um, <laughs> last night with me, you I actually needed those commercials, like just for me and my cousin Ooh. Anna to just like, you know, go back and forth and check Twitter or whatever. But it was big. It was big, big, big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I felt I, very emotional watching it way more than I thought I would. So I'll, I'll share with you like the things obviously that, that everybody's kind of sharing, like the discussion of what Archie's skin color might be. Who do you mm. think said that? I know they were so right. So Megan, what I liked about the interview was she went on first for the first hour or yes. so, and then Harry came on later and she teased it. Well, she didn't tease it. It wasn't like, you know, she just said these conversations were had. And then I could tell when Harry came on later, he was like, yeah, I'm definitely not going to say that it's way too damaging to that person. 
I don't, I mean, honestly, it could have been anyone of the royal family, but if they're so afraid to damage them, I feel like, you know, William or like his dad, I don't know. I feel I think feel like Prince Charles, because one thing I did read this morning is that Harry cleared up that it was not the queen and it was not Prince Philip. Like it was not um, the grandfather that said mm. it. So he made that very, very clear. But you would think like that he would be like, it wasn't my brother. It wasn't my father. I don't like Prince Charles. Yeah. I must say it. I don't really ever think about. I mean, I mean, listen, the one thing that the interview made me realize is anything I've ever read about the royal family has just probably been a lie. So for me, I don't even know. I don't even know how I feel about any of them. I mean, I, I, I have watched The Crown. And honestly, I was throughout watching The Crown. I was constantly sort of inwardly embarrassed, like, dang, I didn't know all that happened. Um, or I didn't know all that about Diana either. The most recent series was, you know, featured Diana. And her story. And I didn't really know a lot of that either. So I've never really had an opinion about the royal family until Megan, you know, joined. And then it all of a sudden it became very relevant to me. And I remember being naively excited about the future of the royal family yes. and having a black woman in the world. And, you know, what that meant and her mother, seeing her mother, you know, uh, alongside the queen and, yes. you know, a black woman in the in the Buckingham Palace. It just it meant something to me. Um, me very, too. and I think what made me so sad was the missed opportunity, you know, for them, not, I mean, for us, for, for black people around the world, like Megan was saying, they had an opportunity to really show their, like literally the Commonwealth, you know, all these, these countries that, that still have the queen on their currency. It's more than just the UK and they are largely, um, populated by brown people, you know, mm -hmm. And they had finally someone in the royal family who looked somewhat like them. And they didn't see that as an asset. They didn't support her. They didn't lift her up. They didn't give her any infrastructure. They flung her out into the ether, you know? Yeah, and that I made, just, you know, it's very sad. You know what's so crazy to me? This is this is what white supremacy is. White supremacy is when a country, a monarchy, is more concerned over the color of what really would essentially be a one-fourth black child than they are about Prince Andrew and his pedophilic ways with Jeff Jeffrey Epstein. Can you mm -hmm. imagine? Like, you legit have a prince who is literally in a picture with a young woman that he has been accused of raping, and the young woman is here, and she's like, yep, that's me in the picture, and yep, that's Prince Andrew. So it's not like, oh, you know, it's like, yeah. And I mean, that's just one of the women that just have come forth. But that is something to be hushed up and protected. But like Harry's own son, like because there's some black lineage there, that that's the bigger concern. That's why this is, I just don't understand how people don't see that that is this. When people say like, oh, all this race, like Pierce, Pierce Morgan, honestly, he could suck one. Like, all this race baiting. You love to race bait. I'm like, I'm sorry. You have a pedophile, you know, who is getting the full protection of the crown and whatever monies come in from the Commonwealth or whatever they call themselves over there. I don't know. You know, like he's getting that full protection. But like, I, I, I and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I heard the part where she was like, from the very onset, they said, oh, just so you know, Harry's birthright of his son being a prince, psych, that's not happening. Oh, and also Archie will not receive any security. Why? That's so crazy to me. Like, I, I just, I what I, you know, I just really wonder, like, what is it? Why, why are there so many people then are just so upset with black and brown people? What, like, what, what is so offensive? You know, like, what is that? I just, it just, it boggles the mind that you know, that it can even be expressed through a baby, you know, an unborn baby, that that's how upset it makes people. So, I mean, I'm glad. At first, I didn't understand why they spoke their truth, and now I understand completely. And, um, hmm. yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here to, like, I'm here for it. And, you know, I'm sure the people who hated her still hate her. They don't care. Uh, but a lot more people are like, oh, wow. You know, I, I honestly believe, too, that when the queen passes on, I don't know what the state of the monarchy is going to be, because quite honestly, they don't even they don't like Charles over there. So I'm like, mm, you think he's going to be able to hold this together? Huh. Yeah, right. We'll see. 
I mean, I don't pretend to know all the rules of of titles. I mean, it's completely overwhelming to me. And but but that being said, I I had follow up questions in the sense of, well, what about like, isn't it pretty like apples to apples looking at Kate and William's children? Were they given security? And of course, it just it just doesn't. I mean, I, I was thinking back too to like the the presidential election, Barack Obama's first campaign for president when he had to be given secret service detail way sooner than even before he was, I think, even won the the Democratic nomination because that's the level of death threats that they were getting and racial threats of attack. And like that was before he even ran for office. And this is the son of a sitting like sitting prince. Do you say that? Whatever. I don't know either. <laughs> Astounding prince, whatever. But that's just crazy. It, it boggles the mind. And is it? And it, I, I guess I'm sure race plays into it. Pro- and also maybe because she was a American. I mean, there was she was just so other. You know, how much yeah. more other could you get? A black woman from America, like marrying into this family. I mean, Kate Middleton. Sure, she was. I guess you know, quote unquote, commoner, but not. But still, she at least was English and yeah, not biracial. But, and I, not American. The part that really broke my heart was, and first of all, Meghan Markle is a goddamn superhero. Like, how did she keep her silence for that long? Mm. I mean, the fact, like, if like people were saying like the most hurtful things about mm-hmm. her and lying in the headlines, I mean, that takes. I mean, I and I and the the pain, like you could see the deep, deep pain that she was going through, and no one knew. And she couldn't tell anyone. And she tried to tell. She tried to do the right things, you know, reaching out for help. What when calling them the firm was really creepy to me. I don't know yes. why. It was just like the firm. Um, it was but she, very she, creepy. She literally. I mean, she's. A, but truly, I hadn't thought of it that way. But it's true. I mean, the crown is like a royal corporation. They mm-hmm. were employees of the crown. They were like C-suite employees. And she reached out to human resources and said, hey, I'm having a mental health care issue. I need support. Where can I find my benefits package? And they said, oh, you don't have any. Yeah. Like, And that just, you wouldn't think there's not an ounce of empathy on their end to say, hey, we not only have a new member of the royal family marrying into this who has no idea how this whole situation works, but she's a black woman. And she's going to need additional support, special support, early intervention support. And they didn't have, she didn't even know how to curtsy. Like, what? No one was like, Princess Diaries was a lie. You know what I mean? Like, there was no royal training. (laughs) Like, this is, and and it just, I kept thinking about, and I posted about it today because it was just weighing on me. When Megan said, you know, my biggest regret, the only regret I have is that I believed them when they said they would protect me. And I genuinely think as women, as black women, that at a certain point in your life, you have this realization. I can't personally pinpoint that was the moment. That was the moment. But it became very clear to me within, actually, you know what? I can. I can go back to high school when I was constantly accused of plagiarizing because I was too good of a writer Mm. in high school. And they would accuse me of plagiarizing and they would be like, did you write this? It was in my own damn handwriting, but did you write it? Because back then, you know, we didn't type, we wrote our essays anyway. And for me, it's like, you're going to walk through the world and people are not going to give you the same benefit of the doubt, the same level of care, the same level of respect. Every room I've ever walked into as a black woman, I couldn't trust that I would get what I needed. I had to become an advocate for myself. I had to learn to speak for myself. I had to internalize and accept the fact that I have to work harder, especially in my years, you know, managing a team and 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 learning how to navigate those waters. I had to very quickly tell myself anytime anyone had a problem with me, well, I can't control that. I have to just keep facing forward. And I knew people will have, they will get more angry at me when I speak up. They will send me harassing messages when I have the audacity to criticize them. I'm talking about writers that I work with over the years, threatening me, telling me I would regret ever having the having the um, the audacity to cut ties with them, like threatening me. And I understood that. And I feel like as black women, we move through the world that way. We can't trust. And when we do trust, maybe maybe we get what we think we deserve. But then always there'll be a time when. We're not given what we actually deserve and that will break our trust. And it was really just crushing for me to hear Megan's story and then also know how it echoed just millions and millions of similar stories um, from black women here and all over the world. 
Because like, you know, Mandy, remember when I spoke out about, against the event that shall not be named? Yes. And in, how in that, Confey. Yeah. <laughs> and how that founder came at me with everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I assumed, I said, because there was literally another young woman who started it up. She wrote a blog post about it. She started the Twitter, the Twitter feed of like why I'm not no why I'm no longer going to that conference. She when I tell you her blog post receipts, vicious, not vicious, but like, you know, like clear, cut, concise. So I assume, and there was a bunch of other people who were actively going at him. So I just knew, wow, if I'm getting this, I know they're getting, you know, because he was in my inbox calling, like reaching out to different organizations or different publications that I'd been interviewed with to speak about me disparagingly. I'm like, wow, they must be getting it too. So I reached out to the young woman who, like I said, went at him the hardest. And I was like, hey, she's white. Hey, girl. I know you must be getting it too. It's crazy, right? She's like, getting what? Because how dare you, Tiffany? Literally none of the other women, he went after none of the other women, just me. I did one tweet, that's it. And these women had been dragging him for weeks and weeks and weeks and writing op-eds and this and that. But me, how dare you? It's the same thing like when um Harry Weinstein came out and all these women were saying, me too, me too. As soon as oh, Lapita... Harvey, I said Harry. I know. Harvey, right? <laughs> Just wanted not, not that white guy, the other one. Better, bad guy, good guy, you know. Harvey, yes. <laughs> and Lupita Nyong'o, when she stepped up, he said, oh, no, 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 not her. Because how You're dare. Right. Yep. Remember? Mm-hmm. Not the black yes. one. It's yep. just so, uh, I mean, when I tell you, like, someone asked me the other day, like, what's my favorite part about being a black woman? And I said, honestly, other black women. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, mm-hmm. it is the safest Mm-hmm. most like loving, most community-based space that you can find. Like when you are in community with other Black women, it's like a warm hug from your mom, your grandma. It is mm-hmm. like girlfriends. Like, yeah, I mean, you can literally see someone, like literally, you should have seen, uh, Mandy, I was showing my sister like your your your, your picture on Instagram with your new highlights. She was like, oh, Mandy's clothes is popping. We were just both going, <laughs> I mean, you're not even there. And we're like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Love to see other women win, other black women win. Yes. Yes. It feels my, like we're winning, you know? Yes. It's just yeah. like, so just to see Megan, I'm, I, my concern is, I mean, I, there's going to be such a huge blowback as a result of this. And I just, mm. uh, when, when, when Harry said I could just see history repeating itself, he was right. Like they were yeah. not going to stop until this woman was no longer breathing. And I'm glad that he protected his wife and his family. When he said, I almost cried when he said, if all that happened, as hard as it was, at least I had my wife. When he said she didn't have anyone, oh, it broke my heart. Because he was like, this is what my mother went through by herself? Mm. By herself. And she still had to live there. Like, yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't understand. You know, I'm obviously I'm not British. Neither of us is. But and I don't and I I don't have the like. It just wasn't a part of my upbringing. Yes, I remember when Princess Diana died, but I don't understand the machine, even as many times as I've watched The Crown and, you know, Harry Potter. And all, it's not about the British family, the royal family. But anyway, <laughs> like, I'll never really understand what it's like to grow up there and to have them looming large over us all. But I am horrified at how they nearly broke this woman. And I am just, like, astounded by her strength and i i just want nothing but the best for her and little archie and for harry too you know i i when i i wanted to empathize with him maybe this is a good like talking point for us is um you know at a certain point in the interview he's talking about how he was shocked and how he was you know inside the machine and he felt trapped and i i want to i wanted oprah to and she did an amazing job lady oh my god bow down she did an incredible job with this interview but i and she was sort of pushing back like you were a royal prince like how were you trapped you know how could you not speak out and i feel like i wanted to empathize with him but i was sort of like how could you why didn't you speak out? Why did it take this long? You know, why and and, and i guess that's where i feel like i don't really maybe appreciate the mental like the the psychological hold that the royal family could have on people within it, you know? Mm-hmm. But I guess it's like, I'm talking myself through this, and I guess it's like if you're, if you're a victim or you're a hostage and, you know, you do things that maybe don't make sense to the outside looking in, mm-hmm. you know? And this, it actually comes up with people who have been abused too. They'll be like, 
I'll give you an example. I think on the show, I talked about how I had a makeup artist work with me at a previous job. And time after time, I would sit in that chair and he would say disparaging things, little make offhanded um, uh, remarks that would make me feel bad. And I would continue sitting in that chair like week after week, month after month. And when Mm. I finally complained, the first question was, well, why did you wait till now? Mm. You know, and it's I don't know how to articulate why, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I I understand where he's coming from, but I'm like, damn, even a royal prince, you know, when you're in it like that, that is how like big uh, a toxic relationship can stop you from, you know, and 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 for anyone who's been a victim of any kind of toxic relationship, I think it was a good, it was it's not a good moment, but like it's time for us to say, you know, we it, we'll never understand what it's like to be in it. Um, we can only be in awe of someone who has the strength to get out of it and then speak their truth and. Um, yeah, I really commend them for that. Yeah. Whew. It was so, I can't wait to finish watching. Um, watch the whole thing. I also recorded CBS news this morning for the, um, from seven to nine because I wasn't gonna, I needed a Peloton, but I heard Lady O was on CBS with her girl, Gail talking about like the behind the scenes and additional footage. So I, I want all there's extra tea tiff. You need to like Oof. get your full serving and then come back for seconds and thirds. Yeah. It's just so much. Sometimes I'm not going to lie. Like, it just, it it will trigger, like, my latent anxiety. I'm like, ooh, ooh, okay, 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 okay. Like, I was going to watch it before I took a nap today, and I was like, you know what? I felt like I was going to, like, dream about it. So I was like, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, but, oh, before we go, though, I mean, before we switch subjects, what about the part where he said that they cut him off financial? I thought this was, like, the realest. I mean, it's <laughs> it's hard to, I mean, I don't have any sympathy for, like, a royal prince because he's like, yeah, they cut me off financially, but my mother's trust fund I had. But it's true, like, he was cut off and, and people made, he was cut off by the royal family, apparently, like, when they, like, last year or the year before when they announced they were where they were leaving their official duties so it didn't have money from the crown anymore and i was like oh a prince doesn't have any income and i guess that's that's it like they get Mm -hmm. their income from the crown so he you know when they moved to america they didn't have a game plan so they stayed with some friends you know on the friend's couch yes the friend was tyler perry okay (laughs) yes Which is as part of the story that I'm just like, wh- how do they know Tyler? Anyway, why why do they know Tyler Perry? Is he like the ambassador? But anyway, but yeah, they stayed on a friend's couch and they were a husband and wife. You know, husband lost his job. Yeah, that is so, <laughs> you know? I mean, as, husband I guess lost as his real job. as it's going to get for them. Because, yeah. you know, like none of us would have Tyler Perry. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but- to, you know. <laughs> He had to he had to make it how you gotta put food on the tables, gotta get a Spotify his Spotify deal and his Netflix deal. Yeah, don't but be fine. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm and Megan's like, you know, and I'm so happy for her because you can tell, you know, she was such a vocal advocate for women and girls before getting into the royal family. I'm sure she looked at it as like, wow, I'm gonna be on a world stage doing my doing this work on a much higher level. Mm-hmm. And then it was ripped away from her. And now she gets a chance to do that. And I'm mm-hmm. uh, so I'm 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 really excited to see what they create because I think they're extremely powerful and um, I stand for her all day long. I don't yes. have any time for Megan haters. I didn't know who she was before this either, but, but we now, know now. I, I we know, know now. We know, we know now. And I feel like, yes. honestly, I just love to see all the black women. We were all in formation. I was like, yes. <laughs> and Serena <laughs> was like, Serena Williams was like the ringleader. Girl, she, she yes. was like, I wish you would. <laughs> Everyone had their Vaseline and earrings off last night for Megan. <laughs> yes. Um, so, switching gears. I don't know if you saw, but I went to the White House. <laughs> I actually, yeah, it was kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was, I saw a couple posts from someone who was like, I just got back from the White House. And I'm like, like, are girl. you going to? Are you going to do an asterisk where you tell everybody it was a Zoom call? Okay, virtual. No, okay. Oh, they, yeah, I saw some of that was kind of, I was like, no, it's virtual. Everybody knows that. We're virtual. I mean, I was literally like, I was doing like, you know, a little pre-roll, like, ow, sit in my yeah. chair, you know. But so I'll say this. So I, I just actually just saw an article where the White House is planning to do more of this, like to kind of reach out to influencers. I just wonder what you think about this. Like, you know, like as it. I don't know if I consider myself an influencer, but whatever. Reach out to influencers. Are you ca- Wait a second. <laughs> Say that one more time. You're not serious. No, I guess, you know, when I think of influencer, I mean, I do I think I have someone with influence? Yes. But influencer meaning like, you know, here's my face cream. Hey, guys. Your so face guys- cream is financial independence and wealth building. That's your face cream? It's you're, an inf- you're a finfluencer. Didn't you know oh, that? I like that. Ooh. That's like a thing. Get out of here. <laughs> Yes. But I will say that it was a little, 
I mean, I was glad for it and I was grateful for it. A sister reached out, which is awesome. She's like, oh my God, I'm such a fan of your work. I wish, because, you know, I had some like down and dirty questions about like race and and like one of my questions was about like race and the um the appraisal process. And because I, I, I've heard the president talk about it, like that he wants to do something about mm. it. But they were kind of like, eh, they shied away from that a little bit. And so another thing was like, I really wanted to lean into what was going to matter to my audience, which was, you know, how finance and race intersect and in the ways they intersect in a way that are not beneficial to all people, but especially black and brown people. Mm -hmm. And so there was a little pushback, like, well, let's just stick to, I was like, "Mm." so, you know, I still got some good questions in, but you know, that was my only, I would say slight disappointment that I couldn't get, get nitty gritty with it. They wasn't, they wasn't here for the real, real. (laughs) Well, listen, it was your first big white house interview. You're not a trained journalist. You're not the, you know, to give yourself a break, you know, it wasn't an Oprah situation, but. (laughs) Oh, but no, but I mean, like it was, no, it was, it was nice to, to, I guess, be, um, thought of, you just don't know who's watching, but then also too, it was nice to honestly, because I still was able to position the questions that, that people really wanted to know. Cause I'd posted previously on social, like, what would you like me to ask? And I did get to ask most of the questions that I felt were most pressing based upon what my audience wanted to hear, even mm-hmm. if I dialed it back, you know, as far as race is considered. And I mean, the questions, the answers were, eh, you know, you know, very White House. So, you know, it, that is what it is. But hopefully more of this will happen, that the White House wants to communicate directly with yeah. people through people that they trust. And then that will happen more and more, in, not just in personal finance, but like across the board. Yeah, I love that. I mean, if they're knocking on your virtual door, then I'm like, this is the, let's keep following this good feeling. Okay, let's continue in this direction. So that's great. Thank you for representing. I'm sure it must have felt like a lot of pressure, but I'm sure you did great. Where can we check it out? Because it sounds like you got the video. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, they, okay. the video, it's just like, if you guys check out my, um, it's on all the socials, but it's probably easiest to watch on my Instagram. Like you literally, you'll see like a picture of me superimposed in front of the White House. Like, hey, because <laughs> <laughs> if nothing else, I'm going to Tiffany. <laughs> well, listen, I have no doubt you will be at the White House and I'm just going to manifest it. I'm going to be at the White House too, doing yeah. something, maybe just, you know, picking up a package for someone. (laughs) I don't know, but we'll be there. Um, No, that's wonderful. Speaking of the White House, though, stimmies, stimmy checks are coming, y'all. It looks like the Congress is going to pass this, this, what is it, 1.9 trillion bajillion dollar relief bill. So it was the House, then the Senate, and now it's back to the House, I guess, to do the final um, passing. And then it looks like Biden might... Uh, sign it this week. So maybe by the time you guys are listening to this, STEMI checks will be on the way. Yeah. $1,400. Yeah. $1,400. Um, and it's going to increase unemployment benefits by an additional, right? yep, $300 per week That's through good. September 6th. And you could be getting your stimulus money as soon as this month. Yeah. Honestly, so many people are just like, you know, at least it's something. Cause that's one of the things I pressed him on. Like, well, hmm. You know, like, so all these things are great, but what happens when they run out? Because they will, and there's still be, like, a significant amount of people who are still not able to financially take care of themselves through no fault of their own. If your industry literally shuts down, like the restaurant industry, what do you do? That's a big concern. And I I remember, like, yeah, exactly. I remember those times. Everybody doesn't have, like, I was fortunate. I could say, I'll move back in with my parents. Everyone doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. A option to say, I'll move back in with my parents. So what do you do? So, yeah, I can't, I just can't imagine like what people are going through with families who are just like, so I don't know what to do. And although this is great, this is temporary, but like what happens when my landlord is like, Hey, I also need to pay my mortgage. So, you yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. Well, with this bill, it should extend some rental relief programs and mortgage assistance programs. And also there's a lot of state specific programs. So if you're if you're struggling and you need help to, you know, you're worried about covering your rent or your mortgage, I would look, well, first of all, call your, if it's a mortgage, call your servicer and just ask them um, if they have any programming and then ask what the particulars are, what the fine print is, all of that. Um, And as far as rent, see if your state has a specific rental assistance program. I was just poking around on Georgia's site for for COVID relief because I was trying to get my dad, you know, my dad's a bus driver in Atlanta. He, He still is not eligible for the vaccine. And I was 
I was like, oh, daddy, you're probably just like not reading the paperwork right. But I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, he's not listed. This mm. man is on a bus every day. I mean, he's a he's a uh, it's like a he, he drives a what do you call it? The accessoride type equivalent in Georgia. So he picks up people who have disabilities and he's not you know, he's not he doesn't have dozens of passengers at any given time. It's like a smaller bus. But still this man and I've seen him. He has like a, a cloth mask or not like giving him N95s. It's boggling to me. I'm like, how do I protect my dad? And I'm trying to manage everything else going on right now. And um, it's anyhow, I was poking around George's site and I did see a tab for rental assistance. So, yeah, I would just say, look and see what's going on um, in your area. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I know. So I needed many... that sign. <laughs> I know. It's just. It's, just it's a lot weird. of it's a lot of weight on us kids, too. I will say I'm not the yes. only daughter in this country who is trying to deal with her shit and then try to support her parents. Um, or especially it's my dad, you know, he's, I feel additional pressure cause he doesn't, you know, it's like me and my brother, that's it. But I have a good friend whose parents, you know, they're um, Vietnamese immigrants and they have two, they have uh, one owns a small business. The other one worked in a job where they were interfacing with tenants at a apartment building all the time. And time the hours and hours she spent trying to help her mom apply for all the ppp program or what's it called the um the small business relief programs and trying to like help her figure out her income you know this is a cash business so and she's in new york and her mom is in georgia and I, my heart goes out to all the kids who are helping their their parents navigate this and and figure out the right the quote-unquote right, you know, financial choices to make. It's it's really, really difficult. It is, honestly. Like, but like, even like, for example, Superman, his father, it, you know, had to apply for unemployment and it was, it took so much to walk him through because I was even like, how do you apply for unemployment these days? You know, I, I have not had to do it in like literally 10, you know, 15 years. And so just, <sighs> there's so much. It hasn't gotten much better. I'll tell you that. It really hasn't. The system was not prepared. It was not prepared, despite mm. what happened 10 years ago, sadly. Yeah. Oh, well, <sighs> I know. Woo we'll freaking sock. Did we even mention <laughs> Women's History Month? Oh, okay. today's International Women's Day. Happy International <laughs> Women's Day. Well, for those of you who are listening, you're late. Um, you're late. It, was, it was, was International Women's Day. Yes. Uh, my mom actually called me. She was so cute. She's like, happy International Women's Day. I was like, oh, it feels said, like a I, holiday. It does, it does for me. I feel I feel sparkly today. I just feel like I feel like just spreading some fairy dust on all the women in my life. I always, yeah, it's it's. I love this day. Yeah, um, I was like, I, do you remember in 2015 when you went to to get the, you know your award in DC? I was like, what? Oof. Then she said, proceeded to send me pictures. I'm like, only my mother, <laughs> only moms keep like <laughs> such receipts. I was like, oh, this is gonna be Mandy, like my baby Rio. Look at all the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you I know have, she was like too much. She told my sister when I was um because once she found out I was doing the thing for the White House, she was like so. Tracy, I need you. I need you to get pictures and recording of Tiffany. And Tracy was like, "She, she's gonna be live, mommy. I can't." She's like, "Hide in the corner. Hide in the corner." <laughs> I was like, "That's not how that works." Thankfully, Aww. they gave me a recording, so I was able to pass it on to her. Because you know, you there's you can't stunt on the aunties with just saying words. You must mm -hmm. show visuals, and so at least that's gonna happen. But um, yeah, I think that like International Women's Day, like you know, we all came. What is it? It's like um, it's a Tupac lyric. It's like. We all came from a woman. I can't remember. I'm so bad with rap. Oh, that's but accurate. Like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? There's a Tupac rap specifically that like, it's like, I don't know. It's I think it's for Dear Mama. But basically like, you know, women are just amazing in, in our capability of doing things. I was just sharing someone the other day that they asked me why, you know, not, a, not as many women invest or feel or, you know, or manage their money. And I said, honestly, it's not a capability issue. It's a confidence issue. Mm. And that so many women have been told their whole life, leave it to the boys. They know that, you know, they just have not developed the confidence to be able to do so. But I was sharing with a single mother the other day. I said, you think investing is hard? You know what's harder? Raising that kid by yourself. Yeah. You know, 
Can't Kelly's put that like, on autopilot. Girl. Believe me, if I wish I could. I, I, you know how many times these kids have to eat in a single day, <laughs> and you have to think of something new every time. Like, can I automate the meals, Jesus? <laughs> and I was like, so if you you are raising this kid by yourself, doing homeschool, working online, making sure they're good, like doing all of this, girl, like it is not a capability issue. It is a confidence issue. But if you can do all this then investing is nothing in comparison to what you've accomplished thus far. And she was like, wow. I was like, yeah, so put your cape on, girl. Put your cape on and pick up a book, watch some YouTube videos, and and start to educate yourself. It's it's just about confidence. And so I just wish on this International Women's Day, I wish all the women listening to lean into your superpower, which is the ability to do whatever the hell you put your mind to, and know that there's nothing too hard, too big, too too complicated for you to master one step at a time. Amen. And that's exactly what our calling is, Tiffany, is giving that confidence boost. It is it is recognizing what so many other financial educators or experts who are not inclusive don't recognize, which is when a black woman walks into your office or a woman of color walks into your office, there's two huge layers of her identity that may that are that are have created a situation where she does not have access to certain knowledge or doesn't feel they have she has access to certain knowledge and we have to recognize that and be empathetic in our positions and when someone you know walks into our office or we don't have offices whatever um walks into our virtual world like we see them and I think that is why representation in this space is so freaking important. So shout out to you, Tiffany. Shout out to Brown Ambition. Thank y'all for for joy- coming to this safe space to hopefully build you. We, I get the messages from people all the time. I know that we're reaching people and helping them take that take that first step. And I think the first step is really just saying like, listen, it's not it's not you. Like it's not your fault that you don't know this stuff. This stuff was this the system was not built for us. We have mm-hmm. got to. We have got an extra little bit of work to do to 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 get ourselves to the starting line, and when we're there, we will succeed. Um, mm-hmm. And and that's why you know that's why I'm so proud and and happy to be doing this show with you. Yeah, me too, Mandra. Me too. See, I'm even giving you a hug, and you know I don't like hugs. <laughs> mm, I don't know. <laughs> I can't wait to hug you in person. <laughs> oh no, let's not do that. When is that going to be? <laughs> I know, I know, one of these days. Oh, well, I've said that all break? I had to say today. Are you ready no, for some impossible. <laughs> impossible. Well, impossible. Let us take a, ooh, we need to take a quick break and we have a very special, special announcement about our question system. <laughs> Come back soon. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, we are back, ready to take y'all's questions. But before we do, have you guys ever wanted to just like call Tiffany or me, just like call (gasps) us up and ask us your questions? Anybody? Anyone tired of trying to type your question into a little Instagram box and being like, I want to remain anonymous. And then Mandy forgets to read it, you know, because she's skimming through IG DMs way too quickly. 
The answer is here. You guys can actually call us now and send us your questions yourselves. I'm so, so excited. <laughs> All right. So our our new um, our new producer, Sarah, is listening in. So if I mess this up, Sarah, just let me know. But you guys can call or text, call or text this number to have your question hit our virtual voicemail box. And the number is 844-858-8080. Okay? 844 844- 858-8080. Do I sound like the <laughs> infomercial person? You do. So this is, yeah, this is going to be in our show notes. Also, you can go to our Instagram. There'll be like a link there for, for you to leave your voicemail. And I'm excited because I want to, we'll actually get to hear y'all's voices here on the air and answer your questions live. Yes. So, or not live literally, but you know, it'll be kind of semi-live. Okay. Isn't that cool? It's very cool. And honestly, I'm excited because I, you know, I feel like our audience is just like so awesome. And I think sometimes we need like context that we're like, so we kind of guesstimate some things like, I'm going to assume that you mean this. And I'm going to assume, so it'd be great to just be like, okay, well, we can get more clarity and and context so we can give you our best answer. Yes. All right. Well, let's dive right on in and see y'all's questions. So you remember how usually Tiff, we like always preface the question segment by saying, you know, we're your financial girlfriends, not gurus. And Mm -hmm. like, don't come for us if if we get something wrong and always, you know, use trusted financial advisors. Well, here's a good reason why. I made a whoopsie last week, y'all. I Mm. made a (laughs) shocking, I know. I made an incorrect statement, which is driving me nuts. So last week, basically, I was, um, I don't know if I was answering your question or we were talking about something, but I was talking about how we are saving for my son, for Rio, um, and how I was trying to invest for him and, and save for him at the same time. And I, what I said was we opened a custodial IRA for him. I just thought that was strange. I was like, mm, but yeah, I yeah, know, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> you okay, like, you like, can't do that. Can I explain why? <laughs> you can't do that because um, with an IRA, a kid has to actually earn taxable income And as parents, you can open a custodial IRA for them, but they have to earn taxable income and you can't contribute any more, like one cent more than what they earn um, to their IRA. So that's not what I meant. A custodial brokerage account, which is just a regular brokerage account, that is a thing. And you can open a custodial brokerage account and put money aside for them. So my bad. And I'm sorry if I confused anybody. And thank you to the listener. I don't have their name up. I should because I would give you a shout out. Oh, here it is, Martisha. Uh, so thank you, Martisha, for calling me out. I deserved it. And hopefully I didn't confuse y'all. And um, that's why we say, you know, we're humans. And, uh, <laughs> and if you hear and something, because sometimes we're like talking so fast, you know, like we, and, you know, we mean something in our head and it comes out different. So we appreciate, quite honestly, for you guys to be like, oh, because we know a lot of you guys are finance nerds like us. So mm. if you hear a thing and you're like, girl, you sure you mean that? Certainly hit us up and let us know. Absolutely. All right. Here comes a question from anonymous listener. Um, you'll see why when I get into her question. So she says, I'm a senior case manager working for a nonprofit that has Medicaid billing programs and non-Medicaid billing programs. I have a caseload of 19 clients with mental illness. Last year, I was asked to provide coverage for seven clients for five weeks due to my work ethic, time management, and organizational skills. I agreed to take on the task. They were so satisfied by my work that last month they asked me to provide coverage for four more weeks for three more clients for the same program. I said okay through the month of February, but I didn't get paid extra for providing this additional coverage. After I completed what I was asked to do, I received an email from my director asking me to extend that coverage through the middle of March. I told her no because I agreed to help just through the end of February. I just can't do it for three more weeks. My no was rejected. I now have to do it. They've only offered me one day off in return. Is it time for me to look for another job? Yes. I feel feel like they took advantage of my kindness and I'm burned out. Yes. Girl, (laughs) let me tell you something about work. Like from the beginning... I would say to set the clear boundary, because here's, this is, and not every job navigates like this. You know, some people will see and say, hey, you know, I know I'm asking you for this. This is what I'd like to give you in return. And then, so, so for example, sometimes there'll be things that I'll ask my, the people who work with me. I always, I hate to say work for me because we really work together that work with me and it'll be additional. So 
there was a, a woman on my team. She's excellent, amazing, just like you sound. And there was additional work that she took on. But then later she came to me. She was like, hey, you know, that's kind of like out of my work title and it's additional work, you know. And I was like, oh, girl, you're totally right. So me not paying her extra initially initially wasn't because I was trying to get over it. It just because especially with like, I guess I don't know if you call me a startup still. It's so easy to just pick up work to do work. And so but as soon as I found out, we remedied it. And I was like, yes, let's go back to when it started so we can give you that back pay. Now, if that's not the reaction, then, and or if you know that's not the kind of environment you work at, like if anyone's just listening, I, agreeing to do that without parameters in place, always, always, always ask for, hey, I, you know, I, I, you know, I'd love to help, so, but what are some of the parameters? Am I going to be available, like, um, am I going to be compensated for this additional work? Will I be able to take additional days off? Like getting that in plan now. And absolutely, girl, they tried it. They played it. Because what fools? I just don't... Here's why I don't understand, Mandy. Why do why does corporate America say, oh my God, Mandy, you are so amazing. You know how I'm going to reward you? By mistreating you. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? <laughs> like, what, what is You're it? You're so good at your job. We love working with you. Can you keep doing that for free? Yeah. yeah. Or just like, hey, can we overwork you and underpay you and mistreat you? You're leaving. What? Why? So like one of our friends made that we know she's leaving her job after she begged for help and assistance. No, she, someone else left and they gave her that person's work and no extra money for you. Please, I'm drowning. No, she went away from maternity leave. And when she went away, they had to get three people to do her one job. So when she came back and she said, so you see how much it is. Can I help have help No. So recently she found a job that was paying her literally like significantly more. And she's like, sidebar, I'm out. And they were like, no, all of a sudden it's, we'll give you assistance and this and more pay and we'll match you. And we'll, I just don't get it. Like, I guess yeah. I have not worked in a corporate environment. Like, what is that? That like, let's abuse well, our hey best now, workers. Hey now, hey now, hey now, this is a nonprofit. It happens everywhere. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like, listen, it happened in the royal family. Megan said, oh, I don't get any mental health benefits or professional development support. Or <laughs> Like these are basic like I don't know. I I feel like at the in- it's an institutional um, it's something broken at the level at the institutional level. It's someone uh, somewhere along the lines. Something has been broken and employee care hasn't been taken into account because even though like Tiff, like, you know, at the budgetista, you you're put you in any other organization. You're still going to be Tiffany. Like if you run a team of a couple dozen women at any company, you Mm -hmm. would manage them the same way you manage them now under the budgetista, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And that like, I think it comes down to people and systems and, and we need, uh, yeah. And and people being allowed to continue doing, you know, something like this. And I, 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 listen, I don't know what the specific answer is, but I, people need like this interview that Megan, I'll bring it back to Megan and Harry. This was like the exit interview is how I, how I saw it. Like you left a job, you weren't happy. Tell us why. And companies really need to be listening. And if they don't listen, then they'll continue to have, you know, that kind of turnover and, you know, as they should. And yes, yes, yes. You need to leave. You need to take. It sounds like you have amazing skills yes. in a very in a very, in a field that probably has tons of not tons, but probably has plenty of jobs out there. Um, mm-hmm. So, I wish you had told us what state you're in. What's uh, yeah? Hit me back on Insta. Let me know what state you're in. Maybe people we sometimes listeners will actually know. Yes. Hey, got a job here, got a job there. But it's time. Yeah, it's it's if they're not respecting your time and 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 not giving you the support you need, then it, as long as you're able, move move on. Yeah, because honestly, caseworkers are like because I have a number of friends that have worked like as social workers and caseworkers, and you guys are always in high demand because it's hard. It's a it's a it's a field that people get easily burned out because it's so stressful. So they're always looking for people. So mm -mm, you do not have to, there are moments when it's like, oh, girl, it's going to be hard to find a job in that field. And there's, girl, they will gobble you up and and find a better place. But it's a good learning lesson because I know I'm the queen of no boundaries until I'm like, wait, now I'm in a corner. They pay me one penny and I come in 365 days a year. What should I do? (laughs) So so I understand because you want to be helpful. You know, but yeah, they tried it. I can't believe they say they denied it. How are you going to ask how me? How do you deny say, it? Girl. Yeah. The, I don't understand. The, the I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I mean, this I'm not in this field, but I'm just like, so I say, here's the line. And you say, oh, never mind that. I, I don't care about the line. Like, you're going to do yeah. it anyway. 
Um, but if I would say, you know, start saving your coins, start looking for other jobs and they, and if they have anything to say about it, you know, you can tell them, mm, remember this? Yeah. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we need, you know, if you need that, I feel like this is when you're being mistreated by, you know, your partner and you need your girlfriends to be like, yeah, he ain't shit. You need to move on. Exactly. Um, this is that. <laughs> this is that. Yup. This is that. All right. Well, I'm really excited. I hope we get some call-in questions. Yeah. <laughs> don't be crazy now, okay? Don't don't go spend minutes and minutes and minutes telling us your life story. Let's, you know, nice questions. Tell us details. Of course, if you don't want to call in, I think we'll still take questions the old-fashioned way. So you can still hit me up on DM or at Brown Ambition Podcast on Instagram and email brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to to hear y'all's voices. Yes, I am too. I am too. I can't wait. I, think it looks, I feel like it's going to be really fun to hear people be like, oh my God. Okay, guys. Okay, so <laughs> boom. <laughs> Did you ever call into radio shows when you were younger? Well, even now, um, have you ever called into radio shows? No, not now. But like, I feel like I did maybe when I was younger. Like, you know, I don't know. I thought but. that's how you got concert tickets. Like, I was so dumb. Like, I didn't realize. Like, literally, I thought, oh, I'm never going to go to a concert. I just have to win the tickets. And I I would call Q100 in Atlanta and try to get tickets. Um, either that or I thought, like, my dad would just go and, like, you know, he'd be like, let's go. He, but he would always take us to shows or sporting events or whatever the day of it. And he would never have a ticket. He would just get it from the scalper at the parking lot, you know, around the corner. And I would be like, Daddy, just get a regular ticket from the radio. Um Anyway, where was I? What's happening? Um, <laughs> no, but I love that. That like that's how, it's so funny how kids have this thing in your mind. You're like, oh wait, what? That's not how that works. Oh, <laughs> when I tell you, I you can just go to Ticketmaster.com and buy those Britney Spears <laughs> tickets. Okay, this oh. is what's up? Okay, so now it's time for booster break with all our family. Is you gonna booze? <clears throat> Is you gonna break? <clears throat> what are you gonna do, Mandy? <laughs> oh. I'm gonna do, a, I feel the need to do a break, but I'm also gonna do a boost on the other side of it. So it's kind of like, you know, a, I don't know, a, a, just something to just chase the, chase the break with something sweet. Okay. So okay. my break, my break is before Meghan Markle's interview. I think one of the most heartbreaking stories last week was Amanda Gore. Um, what's her name? Sorry. Amanda Gorman's uh, post on Instagram where she. So this is the what is she a poet laureate? Um, she she read a spoken word poem at the inaugural and she went viral with her amazing poem and how poignant it was. And she's so, so young. She's in her young early 20s. And on the national stage and Oprah blessed her, you know, with um, uh, ever since she, you know, gave that or read her poem. And she's she's just become like this this beacon of hope and black girl magic and all of that. And she apparently was walking into her own apartment building last week and um, a security officer stopped her and said she looked threatening and wanted proof that she lived there. Meanwhile, and. Mm. Keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, um, yeah. So, and like I said, you know, it's just, it just goes back and again, just more proof that as black women, you can't let your guard down ever, you know, no matter what you do, no matter how you can have millions of people saying that you're a national treasure one day and just, and imagine if that had been a police officer or, or you know, a security officer who was, yeah, even more afraid uh, and racist than this guy apparently was and could have like hurt her physically, you know, or, yeah. you know, and that is that fear that you, you walk with um, in the back of your head. You just like the, the emotional work it takes to just move through the world, be happy, be black girl magic. You know, everyone wants to say how, you know, cute and shiny black women are and we're all trendy now and all of that. But do you have to walk in these shoes every day? Yeah. Um with the with the fear, the underlying fear of someone will not see me for who I am. They will judge me based on my skin color, how I look. And so that made me very sad. Um, so my heart goes out to Amanda. And if you want to support her, I would say go to her Insta, check out her her work, uh, see if any of it's for sale and buy it full price. OK, that's how I would 
uh, move after that story. And so the other side that I wanted to shout out is my girl, Ava DuVernay. I call her my girl, but I don't know her. She does follow <laughs> me on Twitter. <laughs> I love Ava. Ava DuVernay and Issa Rae are just like, <clears throat> and Regina King. Anyway, love them. But Ava DuVernay, she started a whole entire website called Airay Crew. So her production company is called Airay, I think. And her website basically has solved Hollywood's problem for it. Not really solved it, but has a solution for all the Hollywood producers who want to say, oh, there's just not enough black talent out there to staff our sets and, you know, production crews. Well, Ava has removed that excuse from the table she has launched air a crew and it's actually like a online directory of amazing black and brown talent and production crew so if you are a filmmaker um check out airacrew.com oh yes well i yeah when i saw that i was like um amanda is maybe 100 pounds m- m- maybe right? one, one of our, that's like you know that's just i mean honestly she's so little She's a young woman. She's petite is is an is a is an understatement. So yeah, that's just egregious, honestly. Like, uh, it's tiring. So I am going to boost. Speaking of black girl magic, speaking of doing the things, doing the daggone things, I got an email. I was like, is this real life? I literally woke up from a nap and I looked at my email. And I saw that it was from the NAACP. And I was like, oh, okay. And they said, Tiffany, you have, been no- you have been nominated for an NAACP Image Award. Like, like Marseille Martin, who's won. Like Morgan <laughs> Freeman. Like Viola Davis. I was like, is this, a, is this a real thing? Literally, I was like, because I just woke up from a nap. And I was like, wait, am I... Am I dreaming? <laughs> and so your girl has been nominated for NAACP Award. Officially, the nominations would have come out yesterday, um, but this comes out on Wednesday. And so I I don't even know, I don't even know what to do with this information. I, it's just so exciting. So I was nominated for like outstanding social media personality for using my social media in service to um, black and well, black people, because that's what the NAACP Award is for. I mean, yeah, that's what the organization is for. Um, for how I use the budget, he said to help y'all get your money together. <laughs> but like, honestly, mm. when I did my Googles of like who's won before, it was like mind blowing. So, you know, there's no, I mean, nomination does not mean win. Uh, I'm just glad to be nominated. Um, but you do have to vote. So I would love, love, love your vote. Um it will be on my social media. So just at the budget Nista on Instagram, you'll see it on Facebook by now you'll, you'll see it posted. So just go and please vote because your girl would love to win. Oh, and here's my obligatory. Um, if you have not gotten the book, get good with money, my new book, uh, 10 simple steps to getting financially whole, you know, once an episode, I got to remind you, go get good with money pre-order. But anyway, this is but, book uh, launch month. <laughs> it is honestly, yeah. it is so crazy. Like, there's just so also much congratulations. Stuff. I already congratulated you offline, but <laughs> yes, yes congrats. I'm so freaking excited for you. And first of all, wait a second. Can we go back to that part in the show where you said you weren't an influencer, but yet you're nominated for your huge social media? Listen, are we, is this imposter syndrome? You're too good for this. Get over. No, you're, you're an influencer. No, I guess I think about influencers like, you know, like here's my lotions and here's my, but you're right. I'm a finfluencer, which I like. I think that's super cute. And the no shade, like there's, you know, we all have like ashy knees. We need lotion, but we also have financial issues and we need education. So you provide I guess that I, I more think of myself as like a financial educator or whatever. I don't know. But no, but honestly, I, I, I accept that. Um, no, it's just. Honestly, Manjo, like, there's been so many amazing things happening, and I feel like I was just telling this to my um, my admin, and I was just sharing with her. I was like, you know, last year I felt like Tiffany, you're at the end of the beginning, you know, like as you like travel through or you're working on something, and you're like, oh, okay, like the first part. Mm. Like I th- I think of my life and my journey kind of like in three parts. The beginning, the middle, the end. So there's the beginning of the beginning, the middle of the beginning. But last year, I was like, this is the end of the beginning. You have officially put a stamp on it. You are no longer just like figuring it out. You're doing it. You're actually doing it. So I feel like right now I'm in the beginning of the middle. So like not that all the things that I'm I'm gonna be doing are, are, has have peaked yet because that would be the middle of the middle. But I'm following. 
you know? So I just feel like I'm at the beginning of the middle. Like I'm I'm going toward like, you know, whatever the pinnacle of all of this is going to be. And here's the thing, it might, you know, some people will be in the middle for 20 years, 50 years, you know, some people for five months, I don't know, you know, but it's just such a, I don't know, such a strange feeling like that the things are happening that are happening just because, I mean, I set out to to teach preschool, <laughs> you know, because I really like teaching and I love the babies. And then I was like, well, I still want to teach, but I want to help other women, especially women that look like me. And let's see where it goes. And it keeps going and going. And so to wrap my mind around it, like, I, I don't think I still wrap my mind around it. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little disappointed that, you know, there's no physical award ceremony because that would be insane. Imagine me sitting next to Will Smith's like they would not put it next to Will Smith, but you know, I'd be in the back somewhere. Mm-hmm. But just imagine if like, you know, like it like outside was open, I would be at the award ceremony, like walking the red carpet with Superman. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I, I still mm-hmm. told um Tracy, my stylist, I was like, girl, I need you to get on, rent the runway and find me a gown because I am going to be wearing, <laughs> I'm going to wear a gown at home. Yes. Because they are gonna like you know they're they're still gonna be um like taping you and whatever where you are or whatever so I'm sure they're gonna have your reaction all that kind of stuff so when I plan- is it um, I believe that the they it's gonna be like I think it's the 27th yeah that's of like actually of of this month is that quick wait that's how quick it is yep okay I need to fly to vote okay I can't vote till Wednesday um, yeah so you <laughs> hey well, Siri no, no. yeah. <laughs> you're telling Siri to remind, remind me to vote for Tiffany. <laughs> NAACP award Wednesday at 12 p.m. <laughs> okay, your reminder is set for Wednesday noon. Okay, got it. Yes, Ooh. I love it. <laughs> that is the way. That is the only way things get done. I'm not. I'm not playing around, <laughs> Tiffany. I need your your Meghan Markle DVR material. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, thank you. you. Gave me the Meghan Markle treatment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this just. Ah, the beginning of the middle. So we shall see how far this thing goes. I just feel like, you know, I mean, just look at us, man, Jordan. We're just a, a couple of girls walking through NOLA talking about, you know, you want to do a podcast? I was like, sure. And now look. Well, it sounds like you're really coming into like being present in the in the fun part. Because, you yes. know, I mean, you've been working f- so hard for so long. And I know you've been working with your coach and all Dr. of that Green, to yeah. just be to just like, yes, to feel it. I hope that you're feeling the success. I, I personally am feeling the joy. <laughs> like genuinely, I feel like every show I'm just like gu- gushing because every win, you know, you're winning so much lately that it feels it's just it's just buoying. It's like a buoy for myself as well. Um, so I'm super, super proud of you. And yes, I mean, that's a really cool award. That is dope. It is. Yeah. I just yeah. And then, like I said, even if I don't just to be nominated just feels like and honestly, I feel honest, doing the work is really hard, like, you know, with. Um, Dr. Green and like kind of like cracking open the things that, you know, make you feel sad. But I feel good. Actually, I've been like crying more, but like, you know, like in a normal like, oh, I'm sad about that. But then like happy again and like my old self again, where like, I you know, actual fluctuating feelings. Mm-hmm. And it just feels really good to like be present in that and to like, you know, to go through those emotions because they're natural and they ought to be. And it, it uh, like feeling sadness when I'm sad allows me to feel happy when I'm happy. And so it's just been really good. And, you know, I encourage anyone, 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 you know, whether it's therapy or coaching or whatever that kind of looks like for you. Uh, it's a lot of hard work if you're, you know, I mean, I know not everyone can afford it. Oftentimes, sometimes, like especially therapy might be covered by your insurance. You should ter- certainly look into it. But it's just so helpful if you're able to kind of, because I don't want to take with me, like the stuff with me the next 20 or 30 or 40 years, you know what I mean? Like, I want to unpack it now and like, I just am excited for like what lies ahead. Absolutely. You deserve it. Thank you, Mantra. I'm proud of you too. mm, We on our grown-ish. We on our Mm, uh, mm. beginning in the (laughs) (laughs) middle-ish. Yes. I love that. All right. Well, congrats. Okay. I'm so excited. I don't know what to do. (laughs) Can I watch the NWA? I I don't know how it's going to work. I'm sure you'll have details. I'll check out your Instagram page. Yes. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, thanks for another wonderful show. I have to go upstairs because apparently my son's having a meltdown because he's teething. Oh, yes. I saw him with your microwave. I thought that was so cute. Oh, where he put the entire <laughs> Dutch oven in the microwave. Yeah, he loves he might be like, I don't know. I think all babies like to cook, but he he loves watching me cook. And Ooh. he'll 
but it's really dangerous to the point where he wants he wants to be held while I'm cooking, which, you know, grease is flying, all kinds of stuff. So um, I've started just like opening the pots and pans and he'll take them out. And like I opened a little package of uh, baby tomatoes and he is that what you call them? What are they called? Baby, uh, you know, uh, the little t- ones. Cherry, cherry tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those. <laughs> I love them. Baby little tomatoes. baby tomatoes. <laughs> and he puts them in the pot and he stirs them up. Oh, yeah. I love that. It's safe. But now he puts it in the microwave and I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> he knows how to push the buttons <laughs> and, and I saw that. I said, ooh, Rio has been paying attention. He was like, <laughs> push the buttons. <laughs> he knows how to do. He's just waiting. He has been waiting, <laughs> lying in wait all this time. Now he's like, I got the legs. I got, I can walk. <laughs> I had the height. It's over for these. <laughs> he is it's really over. tall. He is so tall too. Yes. Oh, he's such a cutie pie. I love those curls. I was like, oh, mama got cute curls. Rio got cute curls. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs>